Yes. Yep. Cool. Dean and I and Lee and Nath went fishing on uh, on Friday, and um, and they said, "Oh, it, we've got to cross this river. Don't worry. It'll be it, it's good. It's waist height." I said, "Yeah, that's that's neck height for me." <laughs> so <laughs> it was legitimately was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we caught some fish and uh, it was a good, good time. Don't let anyone tell you that Lee caught the biggest fish, all right? So, is Lee here? Where is he here? No, he's not here. All right, so. Um, hey, just a couple more quick announcements. We'll pray for this couple uh, in a couple of weeks. But Sammy, stand up. Sammy and Emma got engaged a couple of days ago. So just bless them. <laughs> Take a bow. <laughs> well done. Well done. That's awesome. So when Emma's here, we'll, we'll pray for those, for, for him and Emma and uh, give them some prophetic words and stuff as well. So, and then, is it Thomas? Did I get that right? Tim. Tim, why don't you stand, Tim? Tim Tim's from Ukraine and has been blessed by um, Chris and the ministry that we, we gave to the Ukraine fundraising uh, night and Chris is he's a he's a believer in the Lord and he's here and he's just he's just thriving in, in God in in Australia and he's just so thankful for what uh, this church has done. So can you guys give just welcome Tim? Yeah, bless him, bless him, good. It's uh, yeah, awesome, awesome stuff to have you here, Tim. Thanks for being here. <coughs> you guys ready? Let's grab a hand. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just, oh, we thank you. You're so good. God, help, help everyone in this room to just hear from you this morning. Just your spirit, your presence. God, we want to fall more in love with you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for family. I thank you for community. Thank you for the house of God. It's so special. You, this is your design, Lord. This is your idea. We thank you for the word of God this morning that is sharper than any two-edged sword. We, may, we pray it would pierce and divide what is supposed to be there from what is not supposed to be there. Would you illuminate it, God? Would you give us revelation this morning? Would you illuminate your word? Would you make it come alive? Not, would you help it not to just be rhetoric or good words or good ideas, but help it to be an encounter with the living God? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I've got a, I've got a burning word on my heart and... Um, I'm excited. If I get passionate, I'm not angry. I love you. <laughs> I love you. But I, 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 I was praying and spending a bit of time over the holidays. And how many know that in our world, uh, in our world, so in, in this house, we spend a lot of time on identity and on new creation, and we don't apologise for that. And we spend a lot of time talking about how, you know, Jeremiah, listen to this, Jeremiah 31, 33 is, is this awesome, awesome verse. Uh, it says, oh, I'll just, I'll read it from verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, 
not like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke. Though I was their husband, declares the Lord, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after these, those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws within them and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Uh, there are many people who quote Jeremiah and they say, oh, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. It's like, well, could you read two chapters later where God says, I'll give you a new heart, right? And I will put my laws in, in there, right? And there are many Christians, I believe, who believe enough in their forgiveness for their own sin. But they don't believe enough for them to be free from what has happened to them. Does that make sense? They believe enough that they're like, oh, God has forgiven me from my sins. And everyone, every Christian on planet Earth should believe that, right? But they don't believe enough to believe that they can live this life in freedom from what has happened to them in their life. Amen, Liam. All right. <laughs> and, and I want to hit this, and I want to go after this quite hard. And I'll, 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 this probably be a three, four, who knows, maybe five-part series. Um, right now there's a fire camp in Bendigo. I think they've got over 90 students. There's a bunch from here that are up there. It is packed, and they are just, Andrew's just tamely getting them pumped up. As you, could, as you could imagine. So Andrew and Joyce and Max and Dan and Bron and a bunch of the team are up there. So they're just going, going hard for Jesus. And, and so Romans 12 is, is our main verse. So go to Romans 12. We're going we're gonna to be here, but this will be our main passage that we go over in the next few weeks. Andrew's preaching next week and then Lisa's on the week after and we'll pick this up in a couple of weeks' time. Um, who, who's ever heard the phrase from the head to the heart? Who's ever heard that phrase before? Oh, we've just got to get it from our head to our heart. Well, I'd like to propose a lot of the time we have to get it from our heart to our head. We've got to get it from our heart. Our heart's been made new. There is absolutely nothing that we can do to earn it, deserve it. It's a, it's a free gift of salvation. The moment you are born again, you are that. You are born again. So whatever's happened to you, whatever your past, whatever your upbringing, whatever you know, happened to you as a child, as an adult, whatever things terrible they may be, they don't mean they're not, they don't hurt, they don't uh, cause us to have emotions, all of those things, that's real, right? But Jesus comes along and says, I'm going to give you a new heart, I'm going to make you brand new, I'm going to deposit a new heart into you, it's called the circumcision of the heart, and I'm going to take the heart of flesh or the heart of sin, I'm going to take it out of you, and I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit and give you a new heart, a heart to know me. I'm going to put my laws inside of you. Right? You didn't deserve that. You didn't earn it. That's called the free gift of salvation that is available for every person on planet Earth. Okay? 
And so that is the, that's what Jesus came to do. John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, right? So that, that is a free gift. That's the birthing, right, of the new creation in Christ. My children, if I give them my credit card, I paid for it, I earned it, I, it was my sweat, blood and tears, and I give them that credit card, they have full access to the credit card. But if they go around thinking, hey, I'm poor and I don't, we're using money as an analogy, I'm poor and I can't spend or I don't have enough money or whatever it is, where I've given them access to the credit card of heaven, so to speak, are you with me? But they never pull it out and utilise it, that's, that's, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Right? And I would like to propose that a lot of that is called the transformation of the mind. Now, let me just set up a few what it is not. It is not just mere positive thinking, while some of us could use some of that. <laughs> but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about mere puff, puff me up talk. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. All right, so I'm not talk it's not just that. It's not, it's not knowledge. Knowledge doesn't, doesn't equal necessarily more freedom. Right? The battle that you and I are in, I would like to propose, is the battle for truth. It's lies and truth. What did Jesus say? To, the, to the, the Pharisees, he says, you are of the, you, you listen, you are of your father of lies. You belong, they said, don't we belong to Abraham? And he says, no, no, you belong to the father, of, you belong to your father, the devil. Tame Jesus, hey? <laughs> so there's the father of lies and then there's the father of truth. Come on. Often our spiritual, we, we think spiritual warfare is often, and I'm all for this, praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, I'm all for that. We, we go after things, we believe, we don't apologise. We, we go after miracles, we go after healing, we go after all of those things, we don't apologise for it. But often, the battle that we're facing isn't, isn't necessarily like, oh, I've got to pray more and fast more and pray in the spirit more. It's no, we've got to believe the truth. Jesus says, believe. We downplay belief in our world. <laughs> John 10.10, 10, the devil has come to steal, kill and destroy. He's come to steal your identity, kill off your hope and your dreams and destroy your life. Right? But God has come that you may have Life and life to the full. Come on, we know this, right? So Jesus, so the point of Christianity isn't, isn't that we get born again and one day get saved out of here. The point of Jesus coming was to set captives free so that they could live free. It's for freedom's sake that Christ came, right? So the point, Jesus died a spirit, soul and body to redeem spirit, soul and body. Jesus died a man to redeem humanity. 
Yeah? Are you alive? Are you alive? All right. All right. So you got the father of lies and the father of truth. I mean, how many times did Jesus kind of address this? And he was like, hey, I'm the way, the truth and the life. Right. He, he's, he talked about truth and lies a lot. More than fighting demons. Now, there are, there are massive lies in our world that people, you know, only what, what are we, 22? So only 80 years ago, roughly, a whole nation believed Jews were evil. That's crazy. Not long ago in our world, if you were, if you were a black person, you couldn't, you couldn't sit on the, on the front of the bus. You couldn't, you couldn't vote. In America. You, you, do you know what I mean? That's crazy. We would be like, oh, that's crazy. Right? So there's these, you know, there's these massive lies in our world that we, we in this room would be like, oh, that, that's bonkers that people believe that. I'm not necessarily just talking about those. I'm talking about the little ones, the little lies that we're like, oh, I, I'm always going to be this way. I will never get free from X, Y, Z. I've always thought like this, so this is how I'll always... Those are lies that when you add faith to them, they empower the liar in your life. If you need a scripture for this, it's found in Genesis. Did God really say? The devil's first trick was questioning the goodness of God and what is possible. Did God really say, if you eat of this tree, you, you know? Did God really say? And so I want to go through this Romans 12. We're going to get to Romans 12 in a minute. But I, I want to give you a little bit of a, um, little bit of a sort of a run sheet of what Romans, the build up to this, so we can see where this part is in the book of Romans. The book of Romans is an incredible book. Um, they still use it today in Oxford and Harvard universities to debate, uh, to use as, as the brilliance of Paul's writing of building a case for the new creation in Christ. They still use it to illustrate a legal debate. Does that make sense? So people in law, they use it to go, hey, look at how Paul builds the case, comes and flows with, uh, with, with his writing and then the chapters. It's absolutely brilliant. And so here, so Romans 1, it starts off with, it starts off with um, salvation by faith. I'm just going to go through this. So it starts off by salvation by faith and creation that God is visibly seen in creation. Then it goes into um, the order of sin and not giving yourself over to the created rather than following the creator, right? So we don't worship the created thing. We worship the creator, right? Then it goes into circumcision, goes into Jew the Jews and Gentiles. It goes the, the difference between law and faith. This is Genesis 3 and 4. Then it goes into Abraham. Then it goes into Adam as the first Adam in, in Romans 5. Sorry, not Genesis, Romans 5. And then it goes into um, Jesus as the second Adam, right? I love that Jesus is the second Adam. He's not the second Moses. 
He fulfills the law. Come on. So, and then he, he, uh, Romans 6 says, we're dead to sin and alive to God. And he, 48 times Paul says, you're dead to sin and you're alive to God. He says, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. So where's sin? If you cannot let it reign in your mortal body, that means it's on the outside. All right, that's good. Then it's like um, 9, 10, what Paul did, uh, Romans 7. We will go through Romans 7 at some point. I promise we will do that and we will do a study on that. Romans 7, I will say this, Romans 7 is not the normal Christian life. It's Paul as a Pharisee. You can't have 48 times Paul saying, I'm free from sin, and then in Romans 7, oh, I'm struggling with sin. Right? Well, Paul was having a bad day when he was writing Romans 7, and then when he wrote Romans 8, he was back. No, no, he, 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 Paul was very clear. Right? We'll go through that another time. Um, then Romans 8, he's, we're more than conquerors, and how we live in the life of the Spirit. What does he say, Romans 8? He says, Romans 8, those who walk by the Spirit set their their minds on the things of the Spirit. Not their hearts, their minds. Those who live by the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Then it's about the Jews and the Gentiles grafted into the promise. Romans 10 is salvation to all. And then we have Romans 12. So that's the build-up that Romans Paul is building, right? Then he gets to Romans 12 and he says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Right? So Paul's, Paul's saying, he goes, listen, you guys understand now. This is who you are. Now I want you to present your whole bodies as a living sacrifice, pleasing to God. Right? He's building this whole case. Right? Then he says, do not... Do not be conformed to this world or the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the, renew, new, uh, by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So my credit card analogy before, my children are 100% my children. They can't be not my children. They can sin, they can do whatever, they, they can do stupid stuff, they can go off into the world, they are still my children. They cannot be un-my children, right? So they're my children. But the renewed mind is taking all of the things that's like, okay, I've been, I've been given access to the credit card of heaven, how do I now transform my mind? Because the renewed mind proves what the will of God has already done in my life. Does that make sense? Because you can, you can, as a believer, be conformed to the patterns of this world. You can, as a believer, live as a believer and look like a sinner. That's just a bummer. <laughs> Why do you want to? Most Christians don't want to, so that's good. <laughs> Most Christians are like, I don't want to sin. I don't want to live in that lifestyle anymore. So that's good. But the renewed mind, if, we, if I'm, I'm honing in on one little thing, the renewed mind proves the will of God and it actually allows us to learn how to discern for truth and lies in our life. 
the devil, the devil. Now, the story of Jesus in the wilderness with the devil. I think often our, because of our movies and our literature, often we think the devil's come. He's a little red dude with a pitchfork, and he's like, "Hi, I'm the devil, and now I'm going to tempt you." Right? We we just we think that's how he comes. Right? And in that story, it, it says that Jesus was tempted in every way. That's incredible. Every way. That means there is not a temptation on planet Earth that Jesus didn't conquer in that moment. Temptation is not a sin. We all know that. Right? Was the temptation that Jesus faced an internal battle or external? External. Listen, listen to this. Listen to, listen to John 8. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. This is Jesus talking about the Pharisees. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When, lie, when he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth and you do not believe me, which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the word of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Right, Jesus, so often he says, those who have eyes to see, see. Those who have ears to hear, hear. Right? So here in, the, in that story, so often we think in, in the, with the wilderness, so often the devil comes, and I don't like, if, I don't like talking about the devil, but we, I don't want to be ignorant of his schemes either. Right? So often, I think we think, oh, when there's a massive opposition in our life, like there's something severe, like sickness or something, we're like, oh, that's obvious. That's obvious that this isn't the will of God in our life. And so we, we, we can see it. It's obvious or there's huge opposition, whether it's spiritual, whatever. Like it's in our life that is super clearly, obviously the devil, right? Which you, you, you know, I, w I remember walking into Coles in Kilsyth. This woman at the fruit and veg place turns she goes, hello, Liam. And I was never met this lady in my life. And I was like, oh, awesome. We have a witch. This is good. Praise God. And I said, how are you doing? Can I pray for you? And she's like, just doosh, runs, runs out of coals, right? It was super obvious that this woman was, it was, it was a clash of spiritual worlds, super obvious what it was, right? Had multiple encounters with the demonic realm, uh, you know, casting out demons, all that kind of stuff. We've seen that, we have that, we, that, that happens regularly. Um, but there are times when they're not that obvious. And they're little lies, they're little subtle lies that we agree with and then they start to manifest in our life in whatever way that is, right? It, it could be a thought process. Could be, it could be just someone's 
spoken these things. It could be self-talk. I love what Dean shared about you know, last week of different lenses, the way that we look through. Whatever it is, right? I'm sure you could fill in the blank of these little things of like, oh, I will never be free of what happened to me. Oh, my dad, X, Y, Z, he was like this. And so I will never be free because he was this and I now am like that. No, that's a lie from the devil. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because Jesus says the truth will set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life to the full. Right. So either Jesus is telling the truth or... He's lying or we're believing something that is not accurate in the life of Jesus. Does that make sense? Are you with me? And so the renewed mind proves the will of God. Truth out of context is a lie. Truth out of context in relationship is a lie. That's what the devil did. Come on. There are doctrines in the body of Christ that are not biblical. <laughs> this one is one of them. You're not a sinner anymore. When you're a born again believer, you're a saint. You're not a sinner. I long for the day that that is eradicated from the body of Christ. You're not a partial sinner becoming a saint. You were a sinner. Oh yeah, but I was a posi- I was, I'm positionally righteous. No, you weren't a positional sinner. You were a sinner. And now you're a saint. But you can still live like an orphan. You still can live in the, in the, 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 the lies and the schemes of this world. The good news is you can also live free, <laughs> right? Hmm. All right, go, go back to Romans 12. Go back down to Romans 12. You all know these verses. You will take thoughts captive. Who, what are they? You take thoughts captive to the obedience of... Of Christ. Right, that means the thoughts, the fiery darts, Ephesians 4, why do we wear armour? Why do we wear the helmet of salvation? Why do we wear armour? If the battle's internal, what are you trying to keep in? Come on. So the battle is the battle for a believer is between their ears. I'm telling you, this is true. The battle for a believer is between their ears. It's not, a heart, it's not so often a heart issue because our hearts are willing. Well, often our hearts are like, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to believe like that. I don't, I've believed like that for so long and I'm tired of believing like that. Right? And it's like, I'll give you an example, a practical example here. And, and, and please don't take this. I want, I want you to really hear this. Please don't take this and go, oh, well, that's good for you. You're that way wired. What, you're telling me the king of glory can't do anything with you because of the way you're wired? Rubbish. That's a lie. He created you. He knows exactly how you think, the way that you, you, what you need. 
right? He knows it, right? He's a good father. He knows your needs. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows how to come to you and meet what you need. He's a good father. He's really, really good, right? So a lot of you know my story. Uh, abusive, abusive stepdad, father uh, who abandoned me when I was born, um, and then mum, who's here right now, took me in and, and, and uh, loved the hell out of me, right? I had a fear from about 12, 13, 14. I had this fear, right? Because how many know perfect love casts out a little bit of fear? No, all fear. That's right. Good. All right. Just checking you're awake. So perfect love casts out all fear. So I had this fear. I, never, I was like fearful of intimacy with, with a woman because I didn't want to ever, this is pre-Christ obviously, but I didn't want to get a woman pregnant because I had a fear of I would be a terrible father, as you could imagine, right? So there was a fear. Then I, when I became a Christian, right, I had that fear was still there for seven years. I had this fear up until I was about 19, 20, 21, this fear, right, until, until I realized, hang on, I'm no longer a slave to the father of lies. I belong to my father, God, who's a good father, and Psalms, Psalms 65, 68, 68 says that he's the father to the fatherless, right? And that he said, and he spoke to me, he says, I'll father you. Now, in that moment, I have a word from God, right? I have a word from God. The parable of the sower and the seed, it says... It says that opposition will arise on account of the word. Right? So the word comes. I'll father you. What I do with that and what we do with those words and what we do with truth, truth doesn't set people free. If truth set people free, every person on planet earth would be living in utter freedom. It's knowing the truth that sets you free. And the person is Jesus. It's knowing Jesus and then you get set free. Because yeah, he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Yeah. Right? So knowing him. So I took that word and I meditated. I muttered it. That's the biblical word. I meditated on it day and night. And I let what was in my heart get to my head. Over intimacy with God. Right? And within, I'm talking within weeks, days, I was like, man, I'm going to be an awesome dad. Not because of arrogance, but because of the transformation of the mind. Now there are things that I used to think in my life that I used to think like X, Y, Z. Those things, I don't even think like that anymore. When I tell my testimony in places now, I tell, share it in a lot of youth, in a lot of youth settings, it literally feels like I am talking about another human being, which I am because I'm born again. You believe the truth and the truth will set you free. And then it's do not be conformed. All right, the patterns of the world. What are the patterns of the world? Right? Perform to get. I'm not doing enough. You need to do more. You need to do X, Y, Z. You'll always be like that. You just got to work harder. I'm all for working hard, but you just got to, you just got to do this. You got to do self, self pump yourself up, talk, right? Which is, is not bad. But if you, if you don't have 
if you don't have, if you just have declarations with no faith and they're just rhetoric, then they're just, they're not going to go anywhere. Carolyn Leaf, who knows Carolyn Leaf? Dr. Carolyn Leaf, right? Switch on your brain. She'll, she'll tell you, you, your belief system of your mind that controls your brain, you can rewire the genetics in your mind for generations to come because of your belief. That's it. That's awesome. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world any longer. All right. We're nearly done. Romans 12. Go down to, uh, to verse 14. What if, what if, church, what if we actually had believing believers that believe and live free and we no longer do the navel-gazing thing? Oh, you don't know what I went through. No, I don't. And it's probably terrible and it's hard. I get it. But you don't know what he went through. If you, if you say that, flip it and say, God, I need to know what you went through so that I can live free. Amen. Flip it around. Don't keep saying, oh, you don't know what I've been through. Oh, God, I went through. He knows. <laughs> he knows. I'm not belittling anyone's circumstance or situation. But start to pray and fix your eyes on him because he's the author and perfecter. Not your problem. You all know how to meditate. We all do. We all have faith. We all worry. You know how to meditate. Worry is just meditation in the wrong world. That's all it is. Flip your, flip your meditation into the right world. Take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. All right. We'll read this and I'm going to give you some practicals. Bless those who persecute. Verse 14. Bless those who persecute. So this is after Romans 12, right? He goes on and he says, oh, we'll start at verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with a brotherly affection. Man, the church could use some of that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's right. Outdo one another in showing honor. Come on. This is a little side note. But let's just be a people in the way that we talk about Christians and people and the way that we talk about other churches. Let's just outdo each other with honour. <laughs> Christians, the way they talk about some people, other ministers, no one in here would do this, so don't worry. Right? But the way they talk about other ministers is that you would not talk about your wife that way. And that's the bride of Christ. Just be very careful what comes out of your mouth. Outdo one another in showing honour. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. 
Repay one, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honourable. Are you catching how many times mind and thought and right? Give thought to what is honourable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I know there's certain times we can't do that, and that's why he says that. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. That's not giving you permission to pray for the, the person to receive a brick. Okay. Uh, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he's thirsty, give them something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The sign of a person living in freedom is that. That they can have all of these things happen to them, external, whatever it is. I went through this. I went through that as a kid. I had this upbringing. I, you don't know what I've been through. And you, these people are mean to me. They're evil. They're just persecuting me because I'm a Christian or they're doing these things to me. And, and they're just, I, I just, I trying to reconcile with this person. And all they keep doing is gossiping. And all they keep doing is this. And he says, all right, repay them with good. We, if I showed you emails of not so much anymore um, because I just forward them to Dean. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> if, I, if, I sh if I showed you emails of things that people have said, especially when we started this church, we had people we know, we love, people we care about, Accused Shen and I of things that you would not even believe came from a Christian's mouth. And we had to, well, I, there's this moment of justice, right? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, for a couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, do they not understand? I just want to be proven right. Do they not get what I'm talking about? They don't understand me and I wanted to prove them right. How many know proving someone right necessarily isn't always love, right? I'm like, oh, and I went through this turmoil of like, oh my goodness, this is so injustice. This is crazy. Do not understand the heart. And I remember God just saying, I want you just to love. I don't want you to ever speak an ill word about this, these people. And I can honestly say we haven't. The life we live, I, I don't need to preach things happen to people. We know that. Circumstances happen. Things happen to us. There's trials, there's tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Do not give yourselves to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. What, what happens when the renewed mind gets into alignment with the way God thinks... It proves his will, that which is perfect. Why don't you stand?
I'm just going to give you a couple of practicals, but stay standing. These are really deep, and um, they'll catch you a bit by surprise. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> um, but listen to this, Hebrews 13.3. This is the culture we want. This is, this is why church and the body of the ecclesia, I'm not talking about necessarily just the service, while, while I don't apologise for this, this is why the body of Christ is important. Who has weak days? Who has moments where you're like, man, this is, this, this is tough? Yep, I do too, right? In our world right now, we need to be really careful, even in the Christian world, and I'll just address, I'll just address this. I, I feel like we, this isn't a, a rebuke on this house or anything. This is just, we need to be really careful that we just don't live by our feelings. Feelings are good. I love PJ's message a while ago. It was awesome. Um, but but the, we, need to, we need to learn to live. We, not, we need to not give our feelings the authority to rule and reign in our life. Right? They're good. We acknowledge them. They're there. It's like, I feel sad. I feel this, whatever it is. Um, but then we need to go, okay, what do you say about this God? Because the devil comes and he says, oh, did God really say that? Did da 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 And you're like, I don't feel like X, Y, Z today. Or I don't feel this. It's like, okay. I need to take that thought, I need to bring it captive to the obedience of Christ, and I need, to, I need to get the word of God of what he says, right? And then I need to know that opposition will come on account of that word. However, I will resist the devil. I submit, I submit, sorry, I submit to God, I resist the devil, and he does flee. Now there are times when you just need to submit to God. That's a good start, right? Don't submit to the problem. But Hebrews 3.13 says that we would encourage each other Daily, daily. Take care, brothers. Let there be let there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened. Listen to this: by the deceitfulness of sin. It's not the deceitfulness of your nature. It's the deceitfulness of sin. All right. So here are just some practicals. Worship. Don't just worship on a Sunday. Worship Jesus. It's proven studies when people worship, their mind gets renewed. They've proven that. Worship in your home. Put worship music on. Put, don't just put it on in the background. Take time. Don't tell me you don't have time. I've, I've heard you talk about the cricket and the footy. <laughs> you have time. Right? I love the cricket. It's good. But worship. Worship Jesus. Give him praise. Give him thanks. Take communion. Take communion in your home. This is a good book. It's alive. You can read a chapter, the same chapter, a hundred times and get something completely different every time because it's got an author attached to it that's alive and well. You want to renew your mind Start there. Get this into your spirit. 
Oh, but Liam, I read it and I don't always understand it. That's okay. I don't understand what Weepix does to my body, but I, I'll enjoy him. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to eat, right? <laughs> right? And, and there's plenty more, but I'll just say this one for the, la the last one for time's sake and then we'll, we'll just pray. But get, get around, get around a, a, the, the community and the, and the body of Christ. Get around people and don't be a little island floating in the sea where you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this by myself. No, you've got a body of Christ that is ready, that is equipped, that is armed, that is faith-filled, that wants to see you live in freedom. And when we as a body start to lock arms with each other, that's when the body of Christ really starts to... One slays 1,000, two slay 10. What does 100 slay? Right? And, uh, and, and we, we really need to do that. We really need to... The, the importance in the season of life that we are in, just the way that our lives are... are you know, we live in, in our own homes and that's great and we live our separate lives. But we, we need, God says in Timothy, Paul says, the church, the believers are the buttress of the community. The buttress. It's a good word. <laughs> right? They're important. And I'm not saying that so you would come to church. I'm saying that so we would become the church. Right? Come on, it's different. It's different. So worship, pray, obviously pray, read your word, get around communities, take communion. Let's pray. Put your hand on your head. I'm going to just pray right now that, that this would be a quick process for us. God, I just pray right now that what you have deposited into our spirit would start to transform the way that we think, live and respond to what has happened to us, what, what will happen in the future, all the things that we would not be a people that live in response to fear, but we would live out a response of faith and what you say. And where the enemy has come to steal and kill and destroy our lives, we just pray right now that there would be a revelation of the knowledge of who you are, Jesus. A revelation of the goodness of God where, where the enemy has taken up strongholds right now. We rebuke those strongholds and we tear them down by the power and the blood of Jesus. I, th I thank you that you would give people strategies right now of how to take thoughts captive to the obedience of Jesus. I pray that you would give people insight and wisdom in the revelation and the knowledge of who you are, Jesus. I pray that we would be aware of the enemy's schemes, but I pray we would fix our hearts and our minds on the author and the perfecter of our faith, that we would submit to God, we resist the devil, and he does flee. And we do not let sin, we would be a people that do not let sin reign in our mortal bodies. 
and that what has happened to us would not determine the life that we live. That we, would, we declare right now that every person that would be in this church, that would call this place home, that would come through these doors, would know the truth and the truth will set them free. And they would live in the freedom that you had paid for, Jesus. That you would live and we'd settle for nothing less. We settle for nothing less. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.